The future of basketball looks a lot like the New Balance two-way. Players like Jamal Murray and Tyrese Maxey use it to keep their edge and dominate on the court. And you can too. The two-way from New Balance Basketball. The holidays are a time to feel and create joy. And what could be more joyous than the look on her face as she unwraps a stunning new jewelry piece from Blue Nile? How about getting 50% off your purchase? Blue Nile offers premium quality, priced below traditional retail. Their online experts are available 24-7 to answer any questions and make sure you've picked the perfect gift. For a limited time, you can get 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's 50% off at BlueNile.com. When it comes to teaching kids and teens about money, practice makes perfect. That's where Greenlight comes in. With a debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. Parents send instant money transfers, create custom chores, and automate allowance, while kids track their spending, set savings goals, and practice money skills they can use today and for life. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast. If you're a beginning podcaster or someone who just wants to make things easy on their journey, Spotify for Podcasts is the perfect platform for you. They allow you to record your podcast and edit it, not only from your computer, but your phone as well, so you can do it on the go wherever you are. You can make money from your podcast through ads provided by the platform or through subscriptions from your audience with no catch at all. They even take the liberty of distributing your podcast not only to the Spotify platform, but every other podcasting platform as well. Just like that. All you have to do is record, edit, hit publish, and Spotify takes care of the rest. I use Spotify podcasters. To start my journey, Bibbs used it to start his journey. We used it to start the Mavs Outsiders journey. And now you have the opportunity to use it to start your journey as well. To get started, all you have to do is download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com forward slash podcasters to get started. Hey, Reese, Bibbs, put the game on, man. I'm trying to see what Luca and them boys going to do tonight, man. Babs outside this podcast. Y'all know what time it is. Hello, hello. Welcome back, folks. It is your boy, Bibbs, here on the Mavs Outsiders Podcast. Uh, joined as always by Reese Williams. You can find me on Twitter at Bibbs Corner. You can find Reese on Twitter at Bar 25 Instagram at MindReese. Uh, we're recording this like minutes before the draft lottery, even though this is coming out after the draft lottery episode. So keep that in mind when you see us start acting like we're distracted at some point in this recording. Um, but it is a season in review episode. And the person whose season is in review, his name is Luka Doncic. Uh, Luka Doncic, who was just named to the all NBA first team for the fourth straight time. Uh, but also who, who who could not get his team to the playoffs. Whether or not that's his fault, we'll discuss. <laughs> we, we will discuss. But uh, Luca this year, just to kind of lay it out, career high 32.4 points per game. Second lowest 
of his career, eight assists per game. Uh, third highest, so right in the middle, 8.6 rebounds a game. Half a block, 1.4 steals, which is the highest of his career. 3.6 turnovers per game, which is the second lowest behind his rookie year. Uh, free throw percentage, 74.2, which is pretty much on par with where he was last year. Did go from 7.5 to 10.5 free throw attempts per game. His effective field goal percentage, highest of his career, 56%. 58% from two point, from uh, the two-point range is highest of his career. 34% from three, which is right in the middle, uh, slightly above his career average of 338 uh, And field goal percentage overall, 49.6, which basically just means he's doing a lot more inside. Yeah. Uh, even though he was taking... Actually, he's second lowest number of attempts from three a game, 8.2. Uh, it's not a big gap, but second lowest. Rookie year, he took 7.1 a game. Uh, highest he's ever taken is 8.9, but 8.2 per game this year. 22 field goals a game is just slightly more than what he took last year, which is interesting. Uh, he's taken at least 20.5 field goal attempts per game every year except his rookie year. So just one and a half more field goal attempts this year, and he's like four points uh, higher than any other year. 36 minutes a game, which is the most he's played. And 66 games, which is the second most he's played, or tied for the second most he's played, interestingly, uh, his rookie year, he played 72 games, and he has not played more than 66 games in a season. Since then, of course, we had the shortened uh, year. But other than that, he has not played more than 66 games in a season, which is interesting. That is interesting. Uh, that's actually kind of surprising. I know he misses games, but I didn't think he missed that many. Yeah, that's that seems high, like 21 Wait, 2020 was the um, pandemic year, right? Yeah. 1920. That's the year he played the least amount of games. So, Well, the pandemic year, 1920, yeah, because the year was cut short. And then... Right. And then they went to the bubble. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Six other season, the, the next season, remember, they played less games. Did they? Yeah, the 2021 season. Did they, How many did they play? I don't know, but I know they didn't play a whole 82. Let me, I'm pulling it up. Ah, it took me to his. I want to go to the entire league. Uh, what, how can I do that? Let's see. Let's see. So it was 2021. Let's find out. 72 games. So 10 less games. Less games. Um, so yeah, those two years kind of throw those out the window, but last two years, 65 and 66 games. Okay. I don't think we could would call him injury prone, but he does have injuries. Yeah, it's like before you look at the numbers, you wouldn't really think it. Like you know, he gets injured. We know he misses some games, but it just never it never seems like almost twenty games that he misses. Uh, obviously, I think you it could in the last two years, especially that run where uh, Jalen Brunson was just hooping and Luca was out. Uh, that was an extensive amount of games. Uh, I think he missed some time this year where uh, Christian Wood, when Christian Wood began to start, uh, he missed a significant amount of games. But he's on the borderline of like 
not meeting the criteria for all NBA as far as uh, games Ooh, played. I didn't even think about that, but yeah. Um, last two years, he's literally at the number. <laughs> so that is that is interesting to think about. Um, speaking of his health, we I guess we can start there. Uh, going Coming into the year, it was, it was very clear early on that he was going to have to backpack mm-hmm. a lot to the point where Jason Kidd said, you know, we're not going to be able to do this <laughs> for a long time or he's going to fall apart by Christmas. And by golly, he fell apart by Christmas. Um, The signs of deterioration hit quickly. And by the end of the year, you know, we went, we hit a stretch where he was playing and you could just tell his legs weren't working. Mm -hmm. And so then we finally had to sit him. There's uh, always discussions about his, his conditioning. Always discussions about his conditioning. But this year he came into the season in probably the best shape we've seen him. To start a season since so his rookie year, maybe. Yeah. It's and not he was better than his rookie year. And he was going off, right? So usually historically, he comes in the season, everybody says he's fat, he's not playing the great ball, and then he ramps up over the course of the year, gets into shape, and goes into the playoffs and cooks people. This year was the complete opposite. Came in in shape, came in killing people, deteriorated over the course of the year, did not make the playoffs. Uh, what are your thoughts about the, I guess, just the overall journey with Luca this year, with his body, with his health, with his play? Uh, I think there's two things that plays into his health. One, his conditioning and being in shape, I think, can help a lot towards staying healthy. So that's something he has to take command of. Uh, we we thought this year would have been the growth of him focusing more on his conditioning and it looked like in the beginning, but he kind of played himself out of shape throughout the season. Now, maybe you could say, oh, he was hurt. But even when you're hurt, you kind of rehab a bit. I don't know. Uh, I've never had a significant injury. I don't want to speak uh, on his behalf on that matter. But also, it's on the organization to get him some help so he wouldn't have to backpack and his body isn't deteriorating before Christmas. Like, before the halfway point of the season, his body's breaking down and he doesn't have his legs under him. And now you have to sit him during back-to-back games because you don't want to risk an injury because you didn't drove the guy into the ground already. I can't hear you. Yeah, I think uh, nobody's going to disagree there. The, uh, the roster is not, it's not acceptable. No. Um, it's hard to be hard on him for his body when we know he's having to do more than he should have to do. Don't care that he's 24. Yeah. At all. Um, with that said, I do think it would be great to see him take his, his conditioning seriously. I know he talked about it last year. I know he looks, he looks fine to me right now. I know people are analyzing every single photo that comes out. That's oh, always no. going to happen, especially during the offseason. The only thing is our offseason has started early. Yeah, and I do think he's one of those guys that, like, when he retires, he's probably going to get big. So, yeah. like, he probably does need to stay on top of it. Like Charles Barkley. Yeah, and, like, his dad. You see his dad's a big guy. Like, he's just they, you, some people are predisposed to being big dudes. And so when you have that, when you know that's in your genetics, you have to, you know, you have to have a diet plan. You need to hire a dietitian probably. 
and they can make in this day and age they can make the food good it ain't got to be you just can't be eating sloppy burgers all the time so I'm like you might need to get some hey look bigger. man take the initiative and go on that chris paul vegan diet look chris paul went vegan and that motherfucker made it through damn near a whole playoff run basically i don't know about the vegan that might be a bridge too far hey i can't go vegan i'm just saying <laughs> imagine i can't go vegan but hey motherfucker you do it <laughs> but um but yeah keep watching his diet and and making sure that he's doing you know what he needs to do to take care of his body obviously is going to be important for the longevity of his career if he cares to have a long career but again when it comes to luca and it comes to criticizing luca part of it always comes back to ah, he's having to do too much and yeah. that's i feel like that's the story of the team right like every single player, I feel like we're going to get to a point where we, we say that they were asked to do more than they should be asked to do. I think that's the story of the entire roster. And the fact that we even have to say that about the star, that's why it's like I get on Luca about defense because sometimes it's just regular effort. Right. But I know some people get, you know, upset or call bullshit when people say, oh, well, he's, you know, extending so much energy on offense. And I get why they could like call BS on that especially in some cases when you see the stuff he does. But it's like, that's a thing. Like, he is the offense. Like, Luka could average double-digit assists if motherfuckers hit shots. Yeah. Like, Luka is the offense. Like, it runs through him. There's no coincidence that before we got Kyrie, when he was off the court, the Mavericks were blowing leads. The offense was trash. It's just... You have to you have to fill this team out with the surrounding pieces that complements your star player. I don't want to hear any more about the chemistry bullshit and you know building chemistry. You don't even have a culture. What are you building? Like, <laughs> there's no culture here. Obviously, these players aren't working. Treat these players like motherfuckers in the street and these coaches right now. It ain't working out. Get rid of their ass. I, I would be completely happy if. They just clean house. Obviously, that's unrealistic. This is not 2K. But still, like, th this team needs a big makeover. And I feel like a big makeover with this team, getting some actual talent in who can help Luka step up uh, when, when Luka isn't able to, whether it's with or without Kyrie. With Kyrie will be much better because then you have a guy who you can really go to and let Luka rest some and you feel comfortable with him on the court you're not rushing to get luca back i'm pretty sure there will be some moments where you may have to but that that's not what you're expecting now if you just do it by committee there's no second star just i heard this on golden spaces podcast shout out to nat and justin they said uh you know outside of kd steph curry never had a real number two I was always in a mindset that clay thompson is a role player he's just yeah. one of the greatest role players of all time right I never considered him like a real number two. They just do number two by committee. If you want to do that with Luca, cool, but just make sure you fill the roster with guys who compliment him. Get guys who can handle the ball when he can't. Like when Luca is injured, which may be inevitable at this point, make you sure you don't have about 20 games. You need somebody to be able to handle that for about 20 yeah. games. Yeah, about 20 games. Or you need a team that collectively as a unit can handle it for about 20 games. Right. So um, you mentioned Kyrie and I don't want to like give an opinion on 
Kyrie coming back. I don't want to do that in this episode. Yeah, what yeah. I will discuss is the I how Luca and Kyrie work together. Uh, I thought they worked well. And I, I personally, obviously, it could have been better. It could have probably would get better over time. But as far as seeing that dynamic play out where Luca is playing beside someone who can go get a bucket, I, I see the vision. I can see a path to that being a thing that works um, long term, like a, a ball dominant second star. Um, I know I personally prefer someone who's a little bit more like if you're doing a, a scale of uh, finisher versus creator. Like a person like a Clay Thompson, for example, like Clay, you're not going to give the Clay. This was, I think, Nat mentioned this too. You're not going to give Clay the ball and tell him to cook, nah. like you are Kyrie. But you can like run a play to get him a look, um, and you can do that for a stretch of the game. I think I prefer that type of player beside Luca. But I I appreciated the opportunity to see a guy that you can let cook beside Luca as well because I can see a path. And we had seen it with Jalen already too, but uh, this is another whole nother level we're talking about. So I was pr- appreciative of being able to see that work, whether or not I feel like that's the optimal number two beside Luca. Yeah, um, I think it w- well. When you talk about running plays, you have to realize the coach that we have at this moment. So <laughs> don't want to necessarily get into that either, but I think we both know what I mean by that. <laughs> um, but even if this team is like Luca, Kyrie, and the other three players on the court are like defenders, like we get right. a wing. Even if we go get a point guard, Luca can play small. Luca can start at small forward. It ain't going to hurt him. Like, he can start at small forward. He'll be fine. I'm pretty sure he came into the league at small forward, if I'm not mistaken. Like, he can start at small forward. If we can go out there and find a point guard who can really defend, if we can go out there and find a shooting guard that can really defend, start Kyrie at point, a shooting guard, you know, a nice lengthy wing pause. Um, that pause was unnecessary. Uh, <laughs> I think we can just fill the team out nicely. But the the goal should be Obviously, the number one goal should be build a competent team because that's we don't have one currently. And the second goal should be take the load off of Luca. Availability is the best ability. Yeah. Um, and that's the sad part. Like, there's so much work to do on this team that uh, when I'm looking at evaluating Luca, you, you have to address that before you can get to the, the bad stuff. Uh, one thing you mentioned was defense. I think early in the year he was he was a steals maestro. Like he was jumping passing lanes. He was getting the ball. The league, I think. Yeah, he was up there top five for a long time. Um, and he'd done it all summer as well. Eurobasket. Yeah, he was probably the best post defender on Slovenia at certain points, and he brought some of that into the league when he got here. Um, and I was very excited about the the potential. And again, I feel like that effort waned as the season went on, as the backpacking was not working and his body broke down. But I would like to see that come back uh, if the rosters <laughs> filled out properly. Not that I need him to be the best defender on the team or locking down or even like dealing with bigs on a regular basis. But that energy and effort that he had to start the season, I'd love to see that maintained over a longer stretch of time um i don't know i'm i uh 
I, I was glad to, again, see the flash of that potential, even though it, it disappeared. I, I want to say that it disappeared because it, his, he just couldn't could maintain it based on the fact that he was having to do too much. I think that has a lot to do with uh, his conditioning. Like, that's why I said it's a half and half thing. Uh, the responsibility is on both of them. Uh, obviously, I don't think it's a coincidence that he came into the season in some of the best shape of his career. And that's when we saw all of that energy. That's when we saw him getting into the passing lanes. Like you said, in your old basket, he was the best post defender on the team. Like he's able to exert that energy and keep going and get more on offense because he was conditioned well. Later on in the season, like I said, I don't know what happened. Maybe it was the injuries and, and that kind of, I don't want to say out of shape because he's still in more shape than I fucking am, but <laughs> for league standards, kind of out of shape, uh, if you understand what I'm saying. So, yeah, yeah. Not in the shape that he was in to start the season at bare minimum. Yeah. Um, like it, he definitely deteriorated. Um, I think that, uh, I think that uh, let's talk about it, the mental side of it. Okay. Uh, at one point in the season, he, vocalized that he was dealing with some stuff and had nothing to do with basketball and it was affecting him. I think it was probably both. I think he was, there was the mental exhaustion from the basketball side. And then I do think he has some personal life stuff that he was dealing with Uh, as a person who used basketball as an escape from the shit I was dealing with for a large, large portion of my life. And even now, you know, if I, if I catch myself thinking too much, I'll go out and just get some shots up to kind of distract myself. I've done that too. Like if you if that's his thing, like his escape from his reality is basketball and basketball sucks. That stuff's going to start caving in on him. So I can imagine that 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 definitely was something that was going on with him this year. And I don't know who he talks to, like, who does he have to talk to in his circle? We know his his dad wasn't really a part of his life for a long time. We know he's kind of repaired that relationship. But like, has it repaired enough to where he's going to confide in his dad about stuff? That's tough. That's something you have to grow into. Yeah. And we know his mom, his mom, uh, you know, they had the situation this year. So, like, is he going to really be able to talk to her? So when you put all that together and I know I'm not trying to sit here and be a psychologist. I'm not trying to sit here and pretend I'm a therapist or nothing to that. But you add you add the, the basketball not going well to his home life kind of sucking for them with like his family and all that being. I don't know. I don't know what his girlfriend does. I don't know how what good she is at being able to have those types of conversations with him uh, and keep his mind right. But regardless, I can imagine all of that piled together was was rough. And I'm that's part of why I, I was glad to get to an offseason quickly. So he has more time to regroup, basically. Yeah, I think this is it's, it may actually be a blessing in disguise. The fact that the season ended early for us, like, I mean, granted, even besides last year, when we make the playoffs, it ends early for us because we're out in the first round. But <laughs> at least now he has like some time to to rest. Uh, if he wants, the, obviously, the pitch is out. It, it looks like he's in shape. Uh, he stays in shape. He has more time to work on his conditioning. I don't know how, how, how can I say this, deep in the trenches Luka is during the offseason as far as, like, with trainers and coaches and getting right. Because everybody's not doing that. Some, some You got guys like Kobe. 
who was like, hey, all season, I'm work. Hey, I'm sorry, Josh Green. Like, in the off season, I'm working and trying to get better. You know, Luca is great, but he can still get better. There's still some things he lacks. But he also may be a guy like, hey, I bust my ass all season. I want to enjoy my off season. Right. And he has every right to do so. Just saying, when you come in the season and you're running up the court on the fast break and you're breathing kind of hard, you know why. <laughs> um, Luca's getting older. You know, we've always talked about how young he is, blah, 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 blah. But he's getting to the mid-20s range. And it's time for that that corner to be turned on the maturity. Um, my biggest grief with him is not about his defense. Uh, definitely not about his decision making or anything like that. My biggest beef with Luca is the complaining to refs, hanging behind plays, stuff like that. Uh, I've gotten to a point where I almost want to accept. Not want to. I almost feel like I'm going to have to accept that that's not going to go away completely. I've kind of already accepted that. The question is, for me, the problem is, or the thing for me is, I still want him to be better at picking his spots. Right. And I want someone to be in place to call him out for that more often. Yeah. Uh, I don't it doesn't have to be Jason Kidd necessarily doesn't have to be, you know, Kyrie or whoever. I just need somebody there that can be like, yo, get your ass back up to court. Like you're you're hurting us when you do this. Like if you want to complain, I get it. Players. He's not the only player that complains. His is a bit extreme. Yeah. But also know there's a time and place for it. Like you don't have to complain about every single thing if you know it's a tight game and we need you back on defense and you're complaining about a call or even sometimes he doesn't complain about a call he's so upset that he didn't get a call he's jogging back on defense it's like bro get your head in the game and get it out of your ass please it's um people talk about how he gets such a bad whistle and, you know, I've said it before, like, if you yell at me for everything, why would I go out of my way to cater to you? You yell at me when I'm wrong. You yell at me when I'm right. Like, I'm not going out of my way to look for your grievances. Um, It's kind of a boy who cried wolf situation yeah. because he'll complain just as vehemently about some bullshit that was not a foul as he does about actual fouls. And when you do that, you do yourself a disservice. Now, granted, that's not right because the refs should do their damn job regardless. And that's the thing that most people say is like the refs can't be, you know, affected by that, but they're human. And so as a person who acknowledges the humanity of these refs, fuck them. You, if you want the calls that you want, you got to do what you got to do. And that means a ref, during a during a, a foul situation, dead ball situation, a ref, a couple plays ago, buddy hit me on my head. He's been doing it every time I drive. Please look for that. That's the type of conversations you have to be able to have. Motherfucker, ref, Slovenian cuss word, this, that, third, every two seconds. <laughs> I'm, I might look the other way when you drive to I'm the imagining lane. him cursing refs out in Slovenian running up. Motherfuck you. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm gonna say it in English because I want you to know what I said. Oh, he cussed him out in Spanish, English, Slovenian, Serbian. He bringing all of the alphabets out. They he bringing out letters they didn't even know exist. You could just tell by how he's saying it that it's probably some some very disrespectful stuff. Um, yeah, I I uh, I that's the one thing I want to see him work on again. I don't expect it to be a hundred percent cut off, but can we get it down to sixty percent? Of what he's doing right now, yeah, sixty percent is fine. We can get it down to six percent. I can, I can live with it. But the, it's bad because you know it's kind of like karma. Like I spent so many years yelling at LeBron, talking about LeBron doing this, and now the guy on my team is doing the same shit. So, um, it is what it is. Um, anything you want to add there? I think, think I, I covered said as much as I wanted to say on that one. No, usually we'd be like, oh, well, what do we look forward to for next season? I feel like that was the entire conversation is what we look forward to (laughs) next season. Like, we know he's going to hoop. We don't have to have that discussion with him like we do with other players. We don't have to worry about his production. It's just whether he's going to be on the court, how often is he going to be on the court in the effort that he gives on the court. That's that's real. It's all it's all the mental and emotional stuff. Right. And I think. The, the parts of his game that will improve are going to be affected by what happens with the roster. I agree. We have better shooters, then his assist numbers will go up. Yeah. Um, if we have better defenders, then maybe his defensive effort is able to be maintained throughout the year because he's not asked to do as much. Um, so he can, he can give it his all more often. That's the type of stuff I'm looking forward to. Um, yeah, I don't think we need it. I, I think we covered it. I agree. <laughs> I think we both expect good things coming into the the new season. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's all I got. That's that's it for the the Luca season in review, season slash preview. Uh, big things coming in the new year, but again, it's gonna come down to that roster and the help we give them. Um, Don't get right. your hopes up, man. <laughs> I think we. I think that was clean. I think that was clean. Until next until next time. Peace. Peace out. When it comes to teaching kids and teens about money, practice makes perfect. That's where Greenlight comes in. With a debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. Parents send instant money transfers, create custom chores, and automate allowance, while kids track their spending, set savings goals, and practice money skills they can use today and for life. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast.